On today's hot sheet, I'm discussing all cash, home purchases, purchases, rental prices, and mortgage applications. Uh, today is Thursday, November 9th, 2023. I'm Byron Lazine, and the hot sheet starts now. Welcome back to the hot sheet. Let me know in the live chat which market you are tuning in from. I am glad to be back with you after Jeremy's epic performance yesterday. I was able to watch the entire hot sheet. That was the first time I was able to consume the hot sheet live, being in the live chat with all of you. And I thought Jeremy did an incredible job. If you missed Jeremy's hot sheet from yesterday, go back and give it a listen, whether it be here on YouTube or on Spotify or Apple, where we post all of the hot sheets each and every single day after uh, the live stream. Love for you to consider leaving a review on Apple or Spotify, even if you're a YouTube listener here, as we're looking to grow the audio side. But great job, Jeremy. I enjoyed the show, and I'm glad to be back here again in my Connecticut studio, where, where I'll be finishing out the week with all of you. If you'd like to get the most out of what we do here at BAM, consider joining BAMX code hot down below to get 15% of BAMX, which prices go up on December 1st. They're going to go up substantially at this point here since April, since we launched BAMX, we've been adding courses each and every single month, as well as additional content. We also have all our daily downloads from the hot sheet each and every single day, as well as our private Facebook community. And December 1st, it is time to put the price where it should be. But if you get in before December 1st, you're grandfathered in for life at your current rate. So use code HOT to get 10% off. It's literally coffee money right now. It won't be coffee money in the future. Get grandfathered in to BAMX, and I'll see you in the community. All right, let's kick it off with a Now BAM article, nowbam.com. All cash home purchases reach their highest level in almost a decade. Let me know in the chat if this is what you're seeing. I just recently spoke to a local lender who this is i mean this is a one-off one office in one small town in america okay but he said to me in just the last week over 40 percent of the closings that he saw come into the office were cash or, or i'm not I'm sorry i'm not not saying closings but pendings escrows whatever you call it in your market so under contract new contracts rather were cash purchases. Okay. Obviously sometimes somebody may start cash and then go into financing. That's a rarity. The seller probably accepted it as a clean cash deal and they're not likely to let that buyer go and flip out. So these properties haven't closed yet, but they're presented and signed as cash purchases. Well, on the nowbam.com article, cash home purchases are now at their highest level in almost a decade across the board. And this is according to a Redfin report. Just over one-third, 34.1% of all U.S. home sales in September were all cash purchases. This is up from 29.5% one year ago and has hit now a nine-year high. You can see uh, where we are just uh, continuing to increase since uh, 2020 on cash purchases, right? If you just kind of Look at that right side of the chart, which will be available for all of our BAMX members and draw a line up. You've, you've seen a consistent trend moving upwards on cash, cash purchases. 
highest level since uh, nine years ago. You can see in 2012, 2013 timeframe is really the only point where it peaks above where we sit today. That market in particular was interesting because it was the double bottoming of the real estate market after the great financial crisis. It's when most of the investors came out to play. They saw real opportunity with how far prices had come down with a lot of the short sales and, of course, the REOs. And they were coming into the market to buy those properties up. And so that's why uh, 10 years ago, in that double bottoming after the great financial crisis, we saw so many cash deals. And then over the past nine or 10 years, we didn't see nearly as many, uh, oftentimes sitting around the 25% marker or even below in many cases. But today we sit here at just under 35%, over one third of US home sales transactions being cash. And that has obviously more to do with the cost of financing as opposed to the the drop in home values like it was 10 years ago. We don't obviously uh, see any dropping of home prices, not nearly as significant. The data in Redfin's report is based on its analysis of county records for 40 of the most populous U.S. metros dating back through 2011. So that, that's what they're using to get here. National numbers in the report refer to those 40 metros. September 2023 is the most recent month for which data is available. I would imagine that in October, when we look at October's numbers, this could be even higher than 34% uh, with just rates that hit up over 8%. Did some people who have the ability to get a mortgage or go cash in October flip over to cash? What did you see in your market? Two reasons for the increase in all cash purchases. Number one, I mentioned high mortgage rates uh, made mortgage-free purchases more appealing, of course. Number two, home buyers who can afford to pay in cash are more likely to buy homes in this market. They're also more likely to win the deal, right? If I don't have to worry about, as a seller, just coming, I'm, I'm thinking all things through consumer lens. How do I advise consumers through the lens that they're thinking about. What are listing agents saying to consumers when presented with multiple offers? If I don't have to worry as that seller about an interest rate not being locked in or things changing in the mortgage world and I've got a cash deal in front of me that works on my terms, terms in, in, in uh, relation to the length of the deal, terms in how are we gonna approach the inspection process, are we even doing an appraisal if it's cash? All those things in consideration can certainly make that cash deal very lucrative to the seller. Um, uh, Redfin senior economist was quoted as saying, high, high mortgage rates are exacerbating uh, in inequality between people who own homes and people who don't. Uh, home prices are roughly 40% higher now than before the pandemic. Home buying boom and soaring mortgage rates have made the divide even bigger by adding more to monthly Payments. Affluent Americans are the only ones who can avoid the sting of high mortgage rates. Plus, they're spending less on housing, keeping more money in the bank because they're avoiding interest payments. Meanwhile, those who are sidelined by high prices and rates not only can afford a home now, but are not building wealth through home ownership for the future. I put Redfin in the same category as I do our government officials, for that matter. 
all Redfin does is complain about this problem as opposed to using all of the money that they've raised throughout the years to make a difference in this. They always complain about this divide of folks who can't afford a home uh, versus folks who can afford a home. Uh, you know, Redfin's ob obvious belief is that uh, by offering less services for less money uh, is the way to get more people into home ownership. Well, they've had a decade, two decade year run on that, and they haven't been successful to get more people into homes. Uh, but we do have all of a sudden one person running for office who mentioned it just last night. We're going to play a clip of that, Bob. We're going to play it later. This is this is called the tease. I see you going, Bobby jumping to go to it. Um, we'll play this clip a little bit later. There was a debate last night. We're not playing politics here on the hot sheet at all, but finally, somebody running for office did mention the issue about housing affordability, and, and this person did not mention that it was because of some conspiracy in real estate. No, had a whole nother angle. Very refreshing to hear somebody uh, with half a brain mention the issue that is housing affordability. At all cash home purchases at the metro level, let's take a look at some local levels and see where they were the highest. Cleveland, Ohio, which we uh, have been mention, mentioning as an opportunity for people to come in and buy at a good value when values across the country are elevated, had 49.2% of all home sales being all cash purchases. This is up 7.4%. So Cleveland, Ohio, almost 50% of the deals are all cash. Certainly a signal that investors are going into that Cleveland market. Very attractive for folks looking for a below median price point opportunity across the country. Cleveland, Ohio, almost one out of two deals are all cash. Staggering number, West Palm Beach, 49%. Uh, which is basically flat year over year for West Palm Beach. So you have a lot of cash going in uh, continuously to Florida because you have Jacksonville, Florida at number three at 46.2%, still an investor hub even today with how high those values have gone up. It's up 3.2% uh, year over year. Cleveland, Ohio comes in at four, four or, uh, over 45%, and Baltimore rounds out the top five, over 41%, almost 42% on all cash purchases. Then you have Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, Atlanta, Miami, and Riverside, California, making out the top 10 for metros with the highest percentage of all cash home purchases. Uh, Todd says that he's noticed a cash offer doesn't have the same impact as it has in the past. Interesting. In, in an environment where cash offers are up, Todd's seeing not the same impact for sellers. Cash offer used to give your offers a decent edge. Now it's common enough uh, that it doesn't seem to raise sellers' eyebrows at all. Interesting. Uh, now, Todd, love your comments and and others in the live chat here. How about when you have one cash offer at the same price and terms as maybe two or three financed offers? Does that make a difference when you're comparing comparing the same value or pretty close from mortgage to cash? Love, love to know what you guys are seeing there. Here are the 10 metros with the lowest share of all cash home purchases. You have Oakland, San Jose, Seattle, LA, and Virginia Beach. In the bottom five, that ranges from 18% to 23.4%, so well below uh, this national number of uh, over one-third. You have Portland, Providence, San Diego, San Francisco, and Sacramento. So a lot of West Coast here on the list. In fact, six out of the 10 
are in California. You have Washington and Oregon also on the list. The only outliers would be Virginia Beach and Providence, Rhode Island for lowest share of all cash home purchases. The West, of course, uh, we are seeing uh, some of those prices in some of those areas start to come down. Las Vegas market is 23 to 27% cash closings. That's through the year of 2023. This number here that Redfin is talking about nationally of 34% is specifically for the month of September, which is up from about that range that you're referencing there. Uh, you know, the 20 high 20, they're, they're more at 29% nationally uh, from the month prior. September buyers also made bigger down payments in response to these high mortgage rates. So in dollar terms, the median down payment on a home purchase was um, up about 15% from a year ago. Okay. Uh, here's an example. Uh, buyer A purchases U.S. median uh, priced home at 413000 with a 16% down payment, resulting in a monthly mortgage payment of 3100 at uh 7.76 mortgage rate buyer b purchases a home uh with a 10 percent down payment so six percent less resulting in a monthly mortgage payment of thirty three hundred dollars which would be two hundred dollars more than buyer a this is why you're seeing people get up to that 16 percent on the down payment higher down payment to bring that mortgage uh payment down okay uh, there's a bunch of information in here uh as well looking at uh, breaking down FHA loans compared to uh, VA loans and conventional loans. FHA loans were more common, uh, are, are more common than during the pandemic buying boom. So despite cash offers being up, FHA loans are also up. Okay. Uh, this is, you know, helping people with that affordability side. Okay. In 2021, 2022, FHA uh, loans were down. Okay, we're still not up to obviously 2011, 2012 timeframe. FHA loans were ripping uh, up over 20 and up over 30% throughout those years. We're down to about 15% of share of US mortgage homes by loan type being FHA loans today, but it's well up off of the bottom in 2022 where we're at 10%. 10% compared to 2011 when we were at like 33% is a significant gap. Uh, obviously, during 2021 and 22, when things were ultra competitive, FHA loans were getting pushed back to the bottom of the pile uh, for seller considerations, when just being in the competitive environment that we were. All right. Uh, one environment that always is competitive is single family rents. America's largest single family uh, landlord, though, continues to increase their rents despite rents across the country cooling, which we're going to uh, talk about here in just a second. Invitation Homes, which is America's largest single-family landlord, reports a 6% increase in average single-family rent between quarter three, 22, and quarter three of 2023. So Invitation Homes is bucking the national trend where we've seen either flat or in some markets, a decline in rents. Uh, Invitation Homes, one of the largest home buyers across uh, America, America's largest single family uh, landlord, according to Resi Club, has seen their rents increase plus 6%. This will be important for them in a refinance situation that they can show an increase in rents on their deals. Uh, despite a slight decrease from the 9.9% .9 observed the previous 
12 month pre, uh, period for invitation homes. Single family rent growth remains elevated above the pre pandemic levels. Invitation Homes CEO Dallas Tanner attributes the growth to favorable fundamentals, including a housing shortage, robust demand for single family homes for lease, and soaring mortgage rates, making leasing more affordable than own, owning. I would caution folks who are bullish on single family family rentals in certain markets in 2024. Think Tampa, where there's a whole bunch of brand new apartments coming online. Think Nashville. Uh, think other locations that we've talked about uh, throughout this past year. In, in major rental markets where Invitation Home operates, the highest 12-month rent growth observed was in South Florida. It was in uh South Florida, 8.8%. It was in Tampa at plus 7.5%. And Phoenix at 7.2%. I would be cautious in Tampa. I wouldn't be as bullish as Invitation Homes is, um, you know, kind of waving the flag of that Tampa Bay market. There's a ton of brand new apartments coming online in Tampa Bay. In 2024, we're going to see the most inventory we've ever seen in brand new multifamily. Here's a chart, a table rather, that Lance Lambert from Resi Homes, uh, Resi Club rather, put together, and we'll have it available for BAMX members in the daily download. Use code HOT if you're not a BAMX member yet to get 10% off of that. Okay, uh, so year-over-year shift in average rents. This is charged specifically by Invitation Homes, which is the largest owner of single-family rental homes. Again, South Florida and Tampa and Phoenix lead the pack, but behind them is Atlanta, Orlando, and Houston year over year from quarter three, 2023. Uh, Dallas is up 6%. The Carolina is up 5.8. Jacksonville up 5.2. Southern California up 5.1. So invitation homes is beating the market in terms of uh, rental prices going up. Even in Las Vegas, you see 4.3%. Denver, the only down market here on the table year over year at negative 2.9%. Among the major rentals where Invitation Homes um, has this presence, the weakest group uh, would have been that Minneapolis, Northern California, and, and Denver. Actually, Denver is a plus 2.9, not a negative. Uh, so plus 2.9 on the Denver. Um, Invitation Homes' largest owner, again, of single-family rental homes, average monthly rent by market. So what are they actually paying in these markets? Uh, to invitation homes. What what kind of homes uh, or, or what price range are these homes sitting in rather? Atlanta, 1,900, uh, just under 2,000. Phoenix at 2,000. Tampa is at 2,225. That's a market I'm worried about for invitation homes specifically. Uh, single family home renters, not just invitation, but single family home renters in Tampa. You're going to have a bunch of new luxury apartment with amenities coming on that can beat that price of $2,225. South Florida, $2,887. All right. Southern, your typical renters not flipping a bill for $2,900. Uh, Southern California, almost $3,000. Orlando, $2,165. Think about service workers in Orlando looking for a rent. Is it twenty one sixty five? That that that's affordable to them. Uh, Northern Carol, Carol, uh, California, rather almost twenty seven hundred dollars. Um, Houston comes in a below two thousand at one thousand eight hundred and sixty eight dollars. So maybe uh, an opportunity there in Houston 
for investors. Because right now, Redfin reports that U.S. asking rents have remained sluggish in October amid a rising vacancy rate. This vacancy rate will go up. This, by the way, is something I am rooting for. This is good news for inflation. The CPI, which we're, I don't know if we're going to get a CPI report next week. I don't know if, Bobby, you want to look up when the next CPI report is. Uh, but it's something that we're looking at each and every single month here on the hot sheet. Something that we're paying close attention to because, of course, Trump, is it next week? So, no, okay. So, uh, Tuesday, it sounds like, uh, Tuesday, November 14th, we're going to get a new CPI reading. And we know that shelter take, takes up over a third of CPI. And so if you were to calculate CPI, um, like most countries do, and you pull this made up number, this owner's equivalent rent, which is a survey of homeowners of what they think their house, uh, they'd have to pay for rent for that house, same similar house. If you pulled that number out, our tracking against inflation would actually be much lower instead of what we've been hearing now where, oh, inflation might be popping up again. Well, they haven't really taken into account real-time data. Data like this is reported to Redfin. This is why, you know, when I see these reports, I'm not rooting against investors uh, for, for people to have higher vacancy and for, uh, you know, the rents to come down. Uh, but I am rooting for the fight against inflation without people losing their jobs. Okay. And so for those that went out there and bought a whole bunch of, you know, Airbnbs or multifamily on risky loan, because man, it's like, you know, there's always going to be rent prices going up and now they have to refi. They're stuck in a precarious situation. Yeah, rents are going to always go up, but I'm not somebody who's rooting for America to become a renter nation. I'm rooting for affordable homes where more people can own as opposed to rent. Uh, the media U U.S. asking rent in October was $1,978. It's a little change from a year earlier at negative 0.3%. Okay, so I mentioned that in the U.S. year over year, we're flat on rental prices or even down 0.3%. And that is what's amazing about what Invitation Homes is doing, being up 6% on their single family rentals. They say, hey, we've got great fundamentals or, you know, you know the fundamentals, they're great. Uh, they also say people want single family homes more. I think when you see some of these beautiful buildings come online um, in the multifamily sector with amenities, and it's at a lower rate than buying and or um, you know going and renting a single family house, you're going to see a shift over there. You're going to see some vacancies in places you don't see them today. If vacancies start to exist in single family homes, that's better for everybody. That's better for the buyer and the consumer looking to get a deal. Uh, I know it's not good for those that are sitting on these single family homes, but they'll be fine. They'll cash out at a near peak price. And I'm certain that they'll be able to make money on that deal, depending on, you know, as long as they didn't buy it last week. Uh, this, this number is also down 3.7% from this 1978 is down 3.7% from the 2054 record high in August 22. Okay. Uh, it also fell 1.6% from a month earlier, which is typical though, for this time of year. 
All right. Uh, if we look, we've got a, oh, there's no chart associated with this one, but the other ch charts uh, that we did mention will be available in BAMX. Now let's take a look at uh, vacancy rates here. Just a second. Um, I've got notes on the vacancy. All right. Uh, so we've got the 3.7% drop um, from the record high in August. It's huge. And Phoenix is one of those markets where you've seen, um, I'll, I'll jump off of that. Phoenix is one of those the markets where you've seen a pullback in rents with increased inventory leading to longer rental periods and landlords offering concessions to tenants. Rental vacancies have reached 6.6% in the third quarter. Okay, so rental vacancies are now at 6.6%. That's higher than what most landlords want to see. If you're if you're dealing multifamily, you, you want maybe, you know, 6% at the most. So 6% is definitely higher. 5%, 4%, you know, is what they're kind of shooting for there. The highest uh, level since the first quarter of 2021 on rental vacancies. The inventory hasn't even come online yet that we keep talking about. Driven by a surge of completed apartments, this number is going to continue to go up. However, the slowdown in apartment construction may ultimately support rent prices. The median asking rent in the in the West fell 1.5%. The Midwest had a 4.1% increase. Um, and the rent rents in the West and the South saw significant growth during the pandemic. They've been cooling and are stabilizing um, currently right now. Uh, what else has feel, felt like it's been stabilized forever would be... Um, I'm sorry. Bobby, are you touching that? No, you're going back to touch All right. Okay. Don't, don't touch it. <laughs> don't touch it. Did you touch it? No. All right, you didn't. All right, so I'm screwing this thing up. Uh, I've got the little switcher here for those those that are wondering how I switch back in the screen. And I'm like, I'm like, I don't know, I'm mashing the buttons here today. So, all right, let's go to um, Mortgage Banker Association report on mortgage applications. Where is the demand as we sit here today? So, mortgage application. Increase in latest MBA weekly survey. Mortgage applications increased 2.5% from one week earlier. Wow, we got to pop up. This is as we saw rates come down from 8% to 7.5% and even below on certain uh, survey days. The 30-year mixed rate dropped by 25 basis points to 7.61, the largest single week decline since July 22. July of 2022, said Joel Kahn. NBA's Vice President, W. Chief Economist. Last week's decrease in rates was driven by the U.S. Treasury's issuance update and the Fed striking a dovish tone on the November FOMC statement, which we covered here last week. Go back and look at that. Uh, data indicating a slower job market. Applications for both purchase and refinance loans were up over the week, but remained at low levels. The purchase index is still more than 20% behind last year's pace as many home buyers remain on the sidelines until more for sale inventory becomes available. So the reality is demand is still significantly lower, but as you get these weeks of shifts, it's important to be able to tell your buyers um, what's going on, where they can lock in on an opportunity, just like we saw many do that just last week. Yesterday would have been a good day for one of those opportunities. As we saw the daily survey come down to 7.41%. So we've been really below 7.5 here for quite some time. The weekly survey uh, last Thursday was at 7.76. We'll be looking for a new reading today. We'll also be looking, as we do every single day, for more 
uh, common sense coming from our leaders. Last night was one of those moments. I retweeted the notorious ROB's quote, uh, his quote tweet uh, on Twitter this morning, where he quoted a clip of uh, one of the Republican presidential candidates. And Rob Hahn, notorious ROB's comment on his Twitter was, about damn time somebody other than RFK Jr. started talking about housing. Now, I didn't watch the uh, debate last night. And I, I, you know, I'll read about the debates uh, and, and, and I'll definitely get caught up, you know, on all the things that happened on this one. But when I do typically consume the debate or any of these debates or, or you know, on both sides of the aisle, these discussions around how we can fix America, you know, every four years, two years, that's the discussion. How do we fix America? Very few times do they ever talk about the biggest industry in America that is housing, the most important industry to everyday Americans for the future of their family and the future of their wealth. Very few times do they ever mention it. Rich Barton, the CEO of Zillow, when I was in Zillow earlier this week, at you know, in their unlock uh, meetings on Monday and Tuesday, they said this is the biggest industry and it's important and and all of these things. But very few times do government officials do that. Uh, there's somebody that's running for president, Vivek Ramaswamy, who did mention it. Let's hear what he has to say. Housing. People don't talk about work. Increase the supply of housing. People don't talk about this one in the Republican Party. The land use restrictions are constricting the supply of housing. That's making housing more expensive for ordinary Americans across this country. And he's, and he's exactly right. He's, he's right on two points there. People don't talk about it. You know, he mentioned the Republican Party because that's what he's, you know, uh, running for. They don't talk about it in the Democrat par Democratic Party either. Um, neither or the Really, you know, uh, Rob Hahn mentioned RFK Jr. is running as independent. He does. He has been talking about it. So hats off to him. Uh, but barely anybody does. And number two, when he mentioned why housing is so expensive, he was right about that as well. The land use restrictions, the regulations against builders to be able to produce the inventory that we need at the price points that we need them but saying that over and over and over and over again on the hot sheet. It's not about, hey, let's save $5,000 for a first-time home buyer, and then they're going to be able to buy more homes. It's about getting them more homes available to bring the prices into a range at where they can afford. And so he was right on the money on that. It, he didn't mention some big wild conspiracy amongst real estate agents that is keeping home prices elevated. In fact, I touch on that on the real word that we released last week, everyone that thinks, um, you know, by getting rid of agents, home prices are going to come down. Show me the homeowner who's going to sell their home at a discount and show me the for sale by owner who's willing to take a discount. That That's just backwards thinking. Uh, but at least somebody last night on a stage, uh, I'm sure mixed with a whole bunch of garbage on each end of that comment, at least somebody had something uh, to say that aligns with reality when it comes to why prices are so high. Uh, the reality of today's 30-year fix is probably more of the same. We're sitting at 4.547 on the 10-year, so we'll wait to see what that 
daily survey and that weekly survey are later today. Uh, love for you too. Again, join me in BAMX. Prices go up December 1st. It will no longer be coffee money as we've invested so much into the platform in the community, but you can get grandfathered in for life on your current rate. So use code HOT to get 10% off of BAMX uh, and jump in today so you get the lowest rate ever. Prices will go up at the end of this month. Have a great day. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Until then, toodaloo.